0: Safer, small bays, peric, aleph. As we begin Safer, small bays, we know one person's kingship does not touch another's by even a hair's breadth. We finally see, after Shaul's death, David from the tribe of Yehuda take the leadership position he was destined to. As we will see, David was the one who set the stage for the of Hamigdash to be built by his son Shlomo. It was through David that was brought to their full glory. The base Hamiddash would be built, and Hashem would have a Gira B'Tachtonim, a dwelling a dwelling place in this world. In the last part of Sefer Shmuel Aleph, we discussed David's victory over Amalek, King Shoal's death, and how all of Kaisol's humiliated in battle. Much of Yisrael had abandoned their cities to be taken over by the Pishtim. And Pesach Aleph, it was after the death of Shoal, the David Shah Mahalcos is Amalek, and David returned from defeating Amalek. the David b'Tziklag Yom Shnayim. David returned to his home in Siklag for two days. It was on the third day when a man came with torn clothes and dirt on his head. David questioned the man where he's coming from. The man related the terrible news about the devastation of Yisrael and the death of King Sho'al and Yonasan. Who was the man who came to David? The Al-Kuchmoni and others learned it was none other than Doeg HaAdomi. However, Rashi seems to refute that it was Doeg HaAdomi, as Doeg HaAdomi was one of the most trusted men of King Saul and never would have defected to David. David further questioned the man to confirm the death of King Saul and Jonathan. The man shared, "I was on Har Gilboa, the mountain of Gilboa." I saw King Saul leaning on his own sword. I also noticed prissy chariots were encroaching from all around. King Saul was not fully dead yet, and called out to me, asking me where I'm from. I told King Saul, "I'm an Amalek, I'm an Amalake. King Saul then requested that I finish him off by killing him. I knew that King Saul wouldn't have survived after he was dangling on his own sword. I also brought with me King Saul's royal crown. And bracelet he was wearing. Note, this story of how King Shul dies is different than the one in the last Peric of Shmual Aleph. In the last Peric of Shmual Aleph, it, it explains King Shul killed himself without intervention of a second party. The Radak and the Barbanel suggest that the event is recorded now, and our Peric is the details of exactly what happened. And therefore, both accounts are indeed accurate. The and the Barbanel also entertained that perhaps the Amalek was lying and was trying to gain esteem in the eyes of David for killing David's nemesis. Also note, interestingly, ish, interestingly, King Sho originally had lost the Malchus kingship for failing to kill Amalek. Here we now see, ultimately, King Shul's death came about through Amalek. After hearing the news, David tore his clothing and started to mourn and weep with the rest of his men over the death of King Shaul and Yonasan. David then proceeded to have the Malachi man killed for killing the anointed one of Hashem. It's important to mention there's a large halachic debate, discussion, on David ordering the Malachi to be killed. Some of the questions raised here are, one, the man was doing what he was ordered to do by King Shaul, Two, there was no witnesses around to confirm the man the man's own testimony, and we know a person can't testify against himself, and three, a person can't be put to death without a trial. Dovin now laments the loss of King Shaw and Yonasan, and Yud Zion, which is the end of the parak. it says, But as Hakina Al al Yonasan. The parak ends with David lamenting King Shaul and Yonasan and Pasukhov Zayn. The Svanam HaKadoshim explained the word Kinos, meaning lamenting or wailing, is the same letters as the word tikkun, meaning fixing or correction. Here we see David's pouring out his heart over King Shaul and Yonasan, because through Kinos a person can ultimately come to their tikun, their correction. As David was lamenting, not only was he bringing a fixing to himself, but in a sense, he was bringing a final tikkun fixing to Shaul and Yonasan. Thank you very much for listening, and have a wonderful day. Shmuel bees, Parit bees. This part discusses David's anointment as king of Yehuda, Ishbosheth's anointment of king over Binyamin and Yisrael, the civil war between Abner, Ishbosheth's general, and Joab, the general for David, and the death of Asar. As David was living in Siklab, which was located outside of Eretz Yisrael, David only returned to Eretz Yisrael after asking Hashem. King Saul's death was not enough of a sign for David, as David consulted with Hashem before he did anything. So too, we can learn from David and speak to Hashem, the source of all life. Even if a good opportunity may present itself, we can never be too sure unless we first pray to Hashem over the matter. David then asked Hashem if, she re- if he should return to Eretz in specific to the tribe of Yehuda's location. Hashem told Dovid to return, and in specific, to the city of Hebron. David brought his two wives, Achinoam and Abigail. The people of Yehuda anointed Dovid as king over themselves, as it says in Pasuk David, Vayavu Anshe Yehuda, the Yom Sham, as David Lamelech Aldesh Yehuda, that the people of Yehuda brought over there and they anointed him as the king over the house of Yehuda. Dovid was informed it was the people up in Yemen and Yavesh Gilad who had rescued King Shoal's body and buried King Shoal. David, David then went to bless them for the goodness they did for King Shoal. David also informed the residents of Yavesh Gilad he was anointed as king of Yehuda. The Malam adds. We see David's tremendous humility and strength of character. Usually, when a new king takes power, the new king will disgrace the old men. However, here, the very first thing David did as king was give the residents of Yahweh Shkilat encouragement, even though they were from the enemy's side over the years from the tribe of the Yemen. David related to them, do not fear, because David will feed them and protect them in a time of need. The Avner ben Ner, Asher, Sherlishoel, Avner ben Ner, who was the general for Shoel, Rukach as Ish ben Sho'ol, he took the son of Shoel named Ish by the Yavreu Machanaim, and he brought him to the place of Machanaim, Gamluichu, and he anointed him as king, al Binyamin Kula. And Avner anointed Ish as the king over Binyamin and over Yisrael. Avner now took. Shaul's child, ish and had placed him and anointed him over Benjamin and over Yisrael. ish was 40 years old and reigned for two and a half years. David was the king of Yehudah for seven and a half years and six months. The Horatius Robert brings Avner was not necessarily against David's kingship. Avner had understood, based on a specific verse, that there would be two kings from Benyamin before a king from Yehudah would arise. Therefore, Avner felt it necessary to anoint Ish Boshes as the second king of the Yemen. And Pasuk Baez through Pasuk Tesbos, the Nabi now turns its attention to a twelve on twelve fight between General Avner's men and Yoav, who is the general for David's men. It happened that twelve of Avner's soldiers met up with twelve of Yoav's soldiers at a pool in Givon, as it says in Pasuk Gimel, the Gishum, Albrechas Givon, Yahtov, they all met each other at the pool and give on together the and half the men sat on one side, the and the other half of the men sat on the other side. The two groups challenged each other to a royal rumble of sorts. The twelve men on each side had all killed each other, leaving twenty-four dead in all. This event caused an even harsher battle to ensue. The Barbanel adds, A vera Savera, one misdeed, leads to another misdeed, and all the men from both armies entered and started to battle each other. And Pastor Yedalud, through Haftalud, Surya, had three sons, Yoav, Avishai, and Asa'el. Asa'el was as fast and swift as a deer. Asa'el set out on foot with no weapons to kill Avner, the former general for who who is now the general for Ishbosheth. Asol pursued Avner through the night. As Asol approached Avner, Avner tried to convince Asol to retreat and run away. Avner seemingly did not want to kill Asol. However, Asol continued to approach Avner. Avner threw a spear at Asol's fifth rib, fifth rib and killed him. Avner then located Yoav, and Avner convinced Yoav to stop the bloodshed and called for a peace treaty. And Pasukov A, through Lamed Beis, which is the end of the parrot. Yoav blew the shofar, all the men retreated, the Civil War had stopped. Only 20 men were killed from David's camp, and 360 men were killed from Avner's camp. Asol was given a proper burial next to his father in Beis Lechem. Thank you very much for listening, and have a wonderful day. Shmuel Beis Gimel A, Note, due to the length of this parak it was split into two shiru. Today's shear will end in the middle of, peric, of the parak, and the next year will finish Perak Yimel. This parak discusses David's children, Avner leaving Ishbosis and joining David, and the returning of Michal to David from Palti Ben Lai and Pasak Alif. The Aruka David. The war was long between Shool and between David. David, he went, and he got stronger, and the house of Sheol was going and was getting weaker. We learned in the previous Perekh that a truce was called between both parties. Therefore, the Parshas and Avim explained, the war here was not a military war. The war here was a political in nature. It was a war about each party rallying support from the Tamidic chachamim and lay leaders. The Navi now lists the children of David. First son, Amnon, whose mother was Ahinoam. Second son, Kilav, whose mother was Avigail. Note, the reason why it's called Kilav is because people were making allegations that Avigail was pregnant when she left her previous husband, Nobel's home. Therefore, Hashem made a miracle that the baby closely resembled David, hence the name Kuloav, Kilav, Kuloav. He is completely like his father, resembling David. Kil'ab's real name was actually Daniel, as listed in Deirah Yemen. The Gemara in Shabbos Nun Amabes, Amabaz, Kil'ab is listed amongst the four people who never sinned in their life. They were taken from this world by the venom of the snake. Yishai, David's father, is also on the list of people who never sinned in their life. The third son, Abshalom, whose mother was Macha. Macha was a princess of Geshur, the Gemara Sanhedrin Kuvzai Ahmed relates after cap- capturing Geshur David married Macha in a halachic manner David's fourth son, Adonia whose mother was Chagis, David's fifth son, Shaf- Shafatia whose mother was Avital. the Gemara in the Amabez says the famous Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi was a direct descendant of Shifatya. The sixth son, Yisrom, whose mother was Egla, the in Sanhedrin, Chaf Aleph, Ahmed Aleph, explains Egla was really Michal. Michal was David's most loved wife, and Egla was considered a term of endearment. Egla also means calf, indicating that Michal refused to accept the yoke of her father, King Sho'ul's kingship. The Radak learns it's actually not Michal, and it's a completely different woman because Michal didn't have any children. The Novi now turns its attention to how Avner defected to David and left Ishbosheth And in Pasuk Zion. was Sho'ol Pelegesh v'shma Ritzvah bas Ayah. That Sho'ol had a concubine, and her name was Ritzbah, the daughter of Aya. Vayomer Ishboshes said to Avner, Madu'ol el Pelegesh avi. Why do you lie with my father's Pilegash? Ishboshes accused Avner of lying with King Shul's concubine. The Rodak explains, although Ritspel was considered a widow, it's utter for a person to lay with the concubine of a king. Avner p- took personal offense to the accusation. Avner then told Ishboshes he's going to pledge allegiance to David. Ishboshes was scared of Avner and did not stick up for himself. Pasuk alif through Tezayan, which is the middle of the peric, Avner sent messengers to David requesting a covenant between them. David committed to a treaty on condition Avner returned Michal, daughter of King Shoal, back to him, as David felt he was rightfully married to Michal in return for the 200 foreskins he had given King Shoal, as we learned in Sefer Shmuel Allah. Avner took Michal from Pavtiel Ben, from, from ben Laish. Pavtiel cried as he accompanied Michal to back to David and then left back home. The Gemara Sanhedrin, the Abbez, explains Palti knew David was married to Michal and therefore refrained from relations with her all those years. This is why the name of Hashem was added, Kael, to the name Paltiel, Paltiel, and Paltiel means God had prevented, indicating Hashem gave Paltiel additional strength to hold back from temptation, Tiara actually stuck a sword between his and Michal's bed as a reminder not to go close to her. The next shear will continue from the middle of Gimel until the end. Thank you very much for listening and have a wonderful day. Shmuel Bay's Gimel B. Note this parak was split into two shirim due to the length of this parik. This is the second shear in the peric. It starts from the middle of Perikimel. In the beginning of this peric, we discussed how Avner had left Ishbosheth, the son of Shoal, and defected to David. Avner had left Ishbosheth after Avner was accused of living with Ritzbah, who was the concubine of King Shoal. Avner and David had made a truce between each other, and Avner started rallying Kaiso to support David Hamelech. As it says in Pasad Gizdain, avner, avner would speak to the elders of Yisrael, saying, avaxim, azdavad, You requested David to be a king upon you, asu. so now you should do it. Avner continued to rally support for David throughout the land, including the tribe of Benjamin, who already had King Saul and Ishbosheth. boshes David had made a feast for Avner. Upon leaving David, Avner related how he'll be able to gain support for David, making David the king of the entire Israel. The novi now turns its attention to how Yoav killed Avner to avenge the blood of Asael, Yoav's brother, and how David lamented over the death of Avner for all to see. And Pasachav bathed. Now, when Avner left David, Yoav and his men came to Hebron where David was located and were sitting with David's servants. Yoav was carrying spoils of war from the places he just defeated. Upon arriving, Yoav was informed that Avner bin Nair had just left David in peace. Yoav spoke to David harshly, relating Avner is not to be trusted, as Avner was the general for King Saul's army for many years. Yoav continued in a harsh manner Avner has just come here to spy out Dovid's weaknesses. The Abarbanel adds, Yoab now sent messengers to Avner falsely relating, the king wants to speak with you. Dovid was completely unaware of what Yoab was about to do. And Pasuk Hazayim, And Avner now returned to Hebron, and Yoab led him aside. To the middle of the gates, ledaber isol Besheli to speak with Abner casually, and then Yoav struck and killed Abner in the fifth rib, Yumas b'dama Sol Achit, and he killed him and he avenged the blood. He avenged the blood for his brother Asael. Rashi adds, what does it mean that Yoav killed Abner in the Shah, the gates? This refers to the Sanhedrin. Yoav actually took Avner to court. The Gemara and Sanhedrin, Memtes, Ahmed Aleph, explained Yoav felt he was considered, Yoav felt Avner was, con, felt he was considered the Go Adam, the avenger of his brother Asa'el's blood, who Avner had killed in the previous Pever. Therefore, Yoah felt it was his legal right to kill Avner. The Gemara and Sanhedrin, Memtes Ahmed Aleph, continues, what was the conversation that transpired? Yoav asked Avner, why did you kill my brother? Avner related, it was in self-defense as Asael was considered a Rhodes. as Asael was pursuing me to kill me. Yoav responded, you could have just injured my brother and not killed him. Avner responded, I didn't have perfect aim. At which point Yoav related, oh yeah? Then how did you manage to perfectly hit Asael in the fifth rib? Which was considered the entranceway to the vital organs. Then Yoav proceeded to kill Avner before the court had come to a lahk decision. And pasuk chavches through lametess, which is the end of the parak. Upon hearing the news of the death of Avner and how Yoav killed Avner, David took full responsibility for the death of death of Avner. David then proceeded to curse Yoav and Avishai's family. David lamented over Avner. David also told Yoav to rip his clothes and mourn over Avner. David HaMelech personally escorted Avner's body to the grave. Note, David wanted to make it known and perfectly clear they had nothing to do with Avner's death, as David did not secretly order Avner to be killed. David lamented and mourned over Avner. All of Yisrael saw David was sincere. Everything David did was good in the eyes of Yisrael, and David was too weak to punish Yoram. Thank you very much for listening and have a wonderful day. Shmuel Bey's Perik David. This pair discusses the assassination of Ish Boshas and Pasuk Aleph by Yishma ben Sho'ol Kines Avner Bechevron, the yearful Yodo Bechoyu son of Halo. And the son of Sho'ol Ish heard that Avner. Died and was killed in Hebron. He despaired, and all of Yisrael was shocked. Ishbosheth was shocked by the death of Abner. As long as Abner was still alive, Ishbosheth seemingly felt it possible for reconciliation. However, now that Abner was dead, Ishbosheth knew his throne would be lost forever. What does it mean, all of Yisrael was shocked? The Matsudas point out people were wondering and had concerns about who the new king, David was surrounding himself with. Genovey continues and adds parenthetically, Yonasan ben Shoal had a child named Mithiboshes. Mithiboshes was crippled. Mithiboshes apparently was dropped at the age of five after his nurse had heard about the news of the death of his father, Yonasan, and grandfather, Shoal. At that moment, Mithiboshes became paralyzed, from the waist down. The uh, so from ads on the name Miphi Boshas, Nipi from his mouth, Boshes he embarrasses. This was a reference to Miphi Boshas, Miphi Boshes's great Torah knowledge, and how Miphi Boshas would embarrass David in Torah scholarship. The Mitsuda's adds now, the Novi prefaces the story of how Ishboshes was assassinated with Miphi Boshas to show. That after ish was killed, there was no one from the royal family of King Shaul who would be sitting to be next in line to be the king. Benovi now turned its attention to the assassination of Ishbosheth There was two men named Rehav and Ba'ana, whose father was Rimon from the town of Beirut. Rechav and Ba'ana were from the tribe of Binyanim them, themselves. These two men were high-ranking officers in King Shaul's army. That I ads, they were from Benyamin and they were about to assassinate Ishboshes, the king of Benyamin. These two men felt a certain degree of responsibility for the rest of Kli and therefore were willing to go against their own tribe. However, note David considered what they did a horrific act, as we will see in hey, baana kachom hayom el ish these two men, Rechav and Baanah, they went in the heat of the day to the house of Ishbosheth, who shachav as mishkav and Ishbosheth was taking an afternoon nap. These two men then entered into the house of Ishbosheth, pretending to be wheat merchants. They approached Ishboshes's bed while he was sleeping. They proceeded to murder Ishboshas by decapitating him. These two men then brought the head of Ishboshas to David in Hebron. The two men gloated as they showed David how Hashem saved David once and for all from his enemy. Pasuk pasu through pasuk yibes. David then related to the men, "Do you think I would reward you for this? Don't you remember I had the Amalekite men?" who killed Shaul and Jonas on order to death. I will surely do the same to you. And Pasuket bees which is the end of the parak, it says, david And David commanded his men to kill them. And he cut off their arms and their legs. Vayitlu ahabrecha and he hung these two men's body parts in front of the pool in Hebron, Boshas and David now took the head of Ishboshas and the Avner in Hebron, and he buried the head with Avner in Hebron, and that's the end of the parak. The D'asayim from asks, Why did David kill these men and display their body parts? The D'asayim from answers, David wanted to show all of Am this type of behavior will not be tolerated because David was not only looking out for the welfare of the nation as a whole, but he was also looking out for every single yid and every single member of Kaisal. We had seen in David's humble beginnings in Shmuel Aleph, as David was a shepherd and attended to his flock, David would regularly go to see even a single sheep. So too the true tzaddikim, don't let any Jew fall by the wayside because every single member is not only important, but they're necessary to call yourself. Thank you very much for listening and have a wonderful day. Shmuel Bay's Peric Hay, in this Peric we will see, after all Dovid's struggles, David's ups and downs, all of your soul finally anointed and accepted David. As the king of Yisrael, we will see the cub from Sheba Yehuda finally grow into a lion. As David, who was called the Khatan, the small one, started to build Ir David, the city of David, and take over Yerushalayim. And Pasuk Aleph, Vayavo, Kol Shifte Yisrael, El David, Hebronah, all of Ka Yisrael, the tribes of Yisrael, came to David in Hebron, Vayomu Lamor, and they said to him, saying, we are like your bones and your flesh. The whole Kli all anointed David and said, "We are like your skin and bones." We know, Ain Melech below There's no king without a nation. Meaning. A king is only as strong as the people who elect him. Here, Yisrael was completely empowering David. In a sense, Yisrael was saying, we believe in you like our own flesh and blood, thereby completely providing support for David. The psalm Doshim explained, we know Adam, the first man, we know his neshama, his soul included, all 600,000 root souls, thereby containing all of Yisrael. So too, David HaMelech had the same soul as other Marishon and thereby he had something called the Nashama HaKoleles, the all-inclusive soul. This is what Yisrael was saying to David by saying, Hineinu Atzmachu Ubatzarecha Anachnu. We are your body and your flesh. And in other words, we recognize that you have become the true leader of Yisrael, and indeed we are a part of you David, because you contained the all-inclusive soul, the neshama hakolelah, that contained all other souls. David was 30 years old and reigned for 40 years in all, seven and a half years over Yehuda and 33 years over Yisrael and Yehuda together. King David and his men then went to Ushalain to take over Ushalain and remove the Yabusi from it. The Yabusi spoke down to David. David captured Jerusalem, as it says in Pesach Zion. But Yilka David to the Sion. Here, ear the he ear David. Hi that David captured the fortress of Sion, and he called it here David, the city of David. A word on Jerusalem in general. Jerusalem is a compound word, meaning Yira Shalim. Yira meaning fear, Shalim meaning full. A person can come to true Yira Shalim, fear of heaven, in Jerusalem. Alternatively, Yerushalayim, meaning Yerushalayim, meaning expansive and complete view or seeing. We know you only watch something that is important to you. So, too, Hashem watches each and every Jew because Hashem cares about each and every one of us. Even if we don't feel that Hashem does care about us, Hashem does and specifically really cares about us. David then built a fortress and moved into Ir David. David kept on becoming greater and greater. This is an obvious reference to David's great spiritual stature and level of kedusha holiness that he attained, never staying on one level for even a moment. In Pasachet Aleph, Choram the king of Sur sent cedarwood and carpenters to David. David then realized Hashem made David's kingdom great for the sake of Aniso. David had took concubines and had many sons and daughters, and Pasod Yadalad, the Elishmo, And these are the names of David's children that were bor- born to him in Yerushalayim: Shamua, Yeshivav, Nasan, Shlomo, the Yivkar, the Elishua, Nepheg, the Yafia, the Elishamah, the Eli Elipelet, and Pas of Through Hav which is the end of the cleric, the plishtim heard David was anointed over Amiso. The plishtim wanted to attack David. David asked Hashem what, what he should do. Hashem told David to attack. David defeated the plishtim. Again, the plishtim attacked David for a second time. Hashem told David, attack the plishtim from behind. However, wait until you hear the marching sounds from the trees to attack. Rashi explains, what are these marching sounds from the tree? The sounds from angels that rest on top of the trees that will actually come to your aid when you need to fight the Christian for a second time. David heard the sounds. David attacked the Do David defeated the Christian. Thank you very much for listening, and have a wonderful day. Shmuel Beis parakvov. Vov. We learned in the previous parak how David conquered Yerushalayim and built Ir David, the city of David. In this parak we will see how David moved the Aron Hashem, the Ark containing the Luchos, to Yerushalayim. David gathered 30,000 men of Yisrael to move the Aron Gris Hashem, the Ark of Hashem, from the house of Abinadov to Yerushalayim. As it says in Pasukimel, Vayir Kavul Es Aron Elokim." Al that they moved the Aron, the Ark on a brand new wagon. The base of Inodov Asher beGiva and they took it from the house of of Inadav, who was located in Giva. the veAchya the ar Aron. and a people named a person named Uza and a person named Achya they started carrying the Aaron. David and all of Yisro were celebrating and were extremely happy about the moving of the Aron. Lots of musical instruments were being played. As they were traveling with the Aron, it appeared to Uzzah, who was carrying the Aron, as if it was going to fall. Uzzah stuck out his hand to stop the Aron from falling. Then Hashem killed Uzzah for not treating the Aron with the proper honor it deserves. Rashi points out, David should have known it's inappropriate for the Aron to be carried on a wagon by animals. Therefore, Hashem made the Aron look like it was going to dislodge. The Ahuraba brings the Aron only appears as if the people are carrying it. However, the Aron really carries itself because the Aron is really suspended between heaven and earth. Therefore, when Uzzah put his hand on the Aaron, Hashem killed Uzzah, because Hashem didn't want the fools to say the Aaron isn't suspended between heaven and earth. Rathak adds, the Aaron is supposed to be carried by members of the tribe of Levi. Uzzah was not from Levi, and therefore was acting in a dishonorable way to the Aaron. And Pasif Chetz, through Pasif Jebez, David was, was, was upset about what happened to Uzzah, Dubba then diverted the Aaron to the house of Ovid Adam for three months. All of Ovid Adam's property became blessed. The, the Barbanel adds the three months were in order for Dubba to arrange proper transportation for the Aaron so the Aaron can be carried by the ladies. The Aaron was then brought to Jerusalem with great simcha and happiness. Every little bit on the way, oxen were brought as sacrifices for Hashem, as it says in and the David Leharker Bechol Ozwith Ne Hashem. And David was dancing with all his strength in front of Hashem. David Hashem Shofar and David and all soul brought the Aaron, sounding great musical instruments and blowing the shofar. A word on the topic of holy dancing. The Svaram HaKadoshim explained happiness can, can be compared to people dancing in a circle. There's always one person on the outside. That person is considered the Ve'anaha, full of sadness and depression. So therefore, a person needs to take the sadness and bring it into the circle, then have the sadness flip into happiness. In other words, it's one thing when you're happy, Not to be sad. It's another thing when you're happy to chase after the sadness, bring it into the circle, and have it turn into into kedusha, happiness as well. This all can be accomplished through dancing as we bring the difficult things in our lives into the circle, flipping it into happiness. As David was dancing, Michal, David's wife, was staring at David through a window. Michal watched as David danced before Hashem and Yisrael with all his strength. Michal felt embarrassed by the way David seemed to appear in the eyes of Yisrael. And Pastor Tezayin, through test, the Aaron was finally brought to its resting place. David blessed the entire nation. David gave each person one loaf of bread, one bottle of wine, and one generous portion of meat. Then everyone returned home. And Pastor Michal then went to meet David. Michal spoke harshly and criticized David for dancing the way he did. Michal told David he looked like one of the rakin, empty-headed people. David then spoke sharply back to Michal, I was dancing for Hashem and no one else. Hashem made me the king over your father, Shoal. Hashem is the one who chose me. And Pasukhav Bez, Dubit continues, Then owed and I shall be even more humble than this. Hayisi shuffled the I shall be lonely in my own eyes. It's amazing how you see David's great humility in Pesach Gimel, which is the end of the Perekh. From that day on, Michal had no more children. David explained to Michal, it's not about how you look in the eyes of people. It's about how you look in the eyes of Hashem. And that's the end of the Perekh. Islam HaKadoshim point out that David says in Tehillim, Ki Ani Yadati God Hashem. I know how big Hashem is. I know, and I specifically know, my relationship with Hashem is so great and vast, it would be virtually impossible to even begin to convey it to other people. It's such a vibrant, strong relationship. Even from moment to moment, it's changing. Each and every single one of us have the ability to have a strong, emotive relationship with Hashem, the way David Amalek did. Therefore, David was not concerned with the way things looked in the eyes of people, David knew it was between him and Hashem only. Thank you very much for listening, and have a wonderful day. Shmuel Bay's Parag Zion. This parikh discusses how David wanted to build the base Hamidash and how Hashem promised David his child will be the one to build the base Hamidash. In the previous parikh we learned how David moved the Aaron In this paragraph, we will learn how David wanted to move the Aaron to a permanent resting place. It's important to note the Aaron was not just a box. The Aaron represented Hashem's presence in this world. When a person saw the Aaron, they automatically were struck with awareness of Hashem in their lives and raised to a higher level of consciousness just by seeing it. Many of us feel the lack of Hashem in our lives. Deep down, we know if we were able to connect and experience to the source, the foundation of all life, Hashem, it would make our lives a little bit sweeter. David had wanted to place the aron in a permanent location instead of the aron being on the move as it was all the years. In a sense, David wanted to take the Hashem's presence out of exile and give Hashem a home for all to experience and connect with. As David had now conquered all his enemies and entered into Erechisro, David felt it appropriate to build a resting place for Hashem, as it says in Pesach Beis. And King David said to Nason, the prophet, Look how I sit in a cedar house. And the Ark of Hashem sits behind curtains. Nasen then agreed with David that now would be a good time to build the base Hamikdash. Note, Nasan responded to David on his own volition before asking Hashem. We will now see how Nasen received the prophecy relating that David was not to build the base Hamikdash. Also note, nowhere in the prophecy does it state the reason why David was not to build the base Hamikdash and Pastor David through Pastor and the message of the prophecy was as follows. Hashem said, I love, I, Hashem, have not lived in a house from the time Yisro was taken out of Egypt. I was continually moved about through the Mishkan. Did you ever hear me tell or request from any of the leaders of Yisro for a house to be built for me? Nasser HaNavi was to tell David, Hashem has taken you, David, from being a young shepherd to being the king of Israel. Hashem has acted with kindness towards you and made your name great, a great name like the leaders of the world. The prophecy continued, and Hashem related, David, you've had an amazing desire to build a home for me. After you die, I will make your children great, and Pasug Gemal it says, Who yidna me, and he will he, your child, will build a house for me. Mamluch, mamlachto ad olam. I'm going to establish your kingdom forever. Yelo la'av, I will be a father to him, buhu hayel, buhu and he will be like a child to me. So too Hashem feels this way towards every single Jew. We are Hashem's children, even if at times we may, we may not feel like one. We are one anyways. Hashem then promised to establish the kingdom to David's family forever and for all of eternity, as this was a direct reference to Mashiach, who will ultimately come from the lineage of David. And Pasuk Yirches, through Pasuk Haftes, which is the end of the parrot, King David then humbly accepts Hashem's words. King David proceeded to thank Hashem, for all the kindness Hashem, Hashem has done for him and his family. David relates to Hashem in a thankful manner. There is no other Hashem other than you. Hashem's greatness is so vast and big. Hashem has done great wonders and miracles for Am Yisrael. As it says in Pesach of Dalet, B'chonim Es Amcha Yisrael, Ad olam, Hashem, you have established soul to be a nation for you forever, for all of eternity. No matter what a Jew does, Hashem will never cast you aside and leave you. These are amazing sukkum, no matter how far it may seem. Yisroel is no matter how bad or down it may look, Hashem will never cast us aside. As long as we are called Yisroel, we are eternally Bashem forever. And that's the end of the parrot. I'd like to mention the Medrash Shmuel in Parsha and brings in, the, in what merit does the world continue to exist? Rabbi Abu Barbar Kahana says the merit of the kingship of the house of David. Rabbi Shimon Ben-Lakesh says, the merit of the Torah that is placed in the Aron, and the Rabbonians say, in the merit of the nation of Yisrael, of Kwa Yisrael, the world continues to exist. Thank you very much for listening, and have a wonderful day. Shmuel base Perek This parak discusses David conquering the rest of Eretz We learned in the previous parak how David was told by Nussan the Navi that David would not be the one to build the base Hamigdash. The Dath explains after David understood that he was not going to build the base Hamigdash, he immediately went towards to completely conquer Eretz and the surrounding nations. The Das and Rashi point out, the main reason why these wars are listed in this parrot is to show how David amassed a tremendous amount of gold, silver, copper, and general wealth. Note, much of the riches David had gained here was used in building many of the items found in the base Hamigdash and Pasuk Aleph. And as after these events took place, Now, David went to war against the Plistian, and he subdued them, and he conquered a place called Mesek Ha'ama. Next, David struck Moab. David would take his captives, lay them on the ground, and measure them against a rope. Whoever was 2 ropes slain would be killed. Whoever was one-rope slain would be kept alive. Note, David was more cruel to Moab than he was to any other nation she points out, because as we have learned in Shmuel Aleph, David had left his family there at Moab for safety while he fled from King Sha'ul. Moab betrayed David and actually killed his whole family. Therefore, David found it necessary to give payback to Moab and be extra demeaning to them. As safer Mishpeso Zav explains, it's interesting that David, who came from Moab originally, as Rus was a convert from Moab, treated Moab with great disrespect. The voracious Rava adds the trees shuddered when steel was created and begged that their own wood should not be used for the handle of the axe. In other words, the very same wood that gives strength to the axe is the very same thing that will cause. Where the wood came from to be destroyed. The Mishfasel Zahav continues and explains how David, who came from Moab, was the very same thing that caused the destruction of Moab. In some deep way, by David acting harsher on Moab, he was bringing some sort of tikkun, a rectification, to the world. The Navi continues then David struck Hadadzer, David captured 1700 horsemen. Twenty thousand foot soldiers. David hamstrung many of the horses and chariots. David kept four hundred horses and a hundred chariots for himself. Aram came to help Hadadzer. David defeated twenty-two thousand men of Aram. It says in pasuk ye Hashem as David and Hashem brought salvation to David any place he went. David took Hadadzer's golden shield and copper from the surrounding cities. Toi, king of Hamas, sent his son Yoram to bring gold and copper to David. All the spoils of war David had conquered, he consecrated and brought for Hashem. David became famous for defeating 1,800 men, 18,000 men from Aran. David also took control of Edom. Hashem was with David wherever he went and Pasek Tezayan through Yechef, which is the end of the peric, David ruled over all Yisrael with kindness and justice. The Novi now lists all the positions of David's chief of of staff and who was in David's court. Yoav was David's chief military general. Yehoshaphat was to remind David who was next in line for David to judge. Shadok and Ahimelech were the Kohanim. Sariah was the scribe. Ben Yahu Ben Yehoyada was in charge of all David's archers and slingers. David's children were the senior, senior Kohanim, and that's the end of the parrot. and Sadeh, parrot 60, is the parrot David had wrote about this time period of conquering the rest of the nations. David relates that it was a very difficult time period for Yisrael. The Dafseufim explains. All the surrounding nations wanted to stop David when they saw how successful he was. They desired to completely wipe out David as they understood David wanted to build a house for Hashem. They mustered up their last strength to stop that from happening. The Svan HaKadoshim explained sometimes a person is on the precipice of entering a new level of Kedusha. At that moment, all the counter forces try one last time to stop you from attaining what you would like to accomplish. Therefore, a person needs to hold themselves, stay strong, and continue on their way. This can be compared to a wrestling match. When the losing opponent is about to be defeated, he will give it one last effort with all his strength to fight back. So, too, in any shift in Kadusha, any matters of holiness or any mitzvah a person may want to do, it's so great that all the opposing forces try to fight back in one last stand to try and stop you. We need to strengthen ourselves and hold our ground and do not look at any of the barriers that may be stopping us. Here, when David was preparing the world for the base of HaMiknash, all the negative forces had tried to come and stop him. Thank you very much for listening and have a wonderful day. Shmuel Bay's Parak In the previous Parak, we learned how David conquered more of Eretz Yisrael and appointed heads of staff for his kingdom. The Radak in this Parak explains after David had appointed his own staff and took care of his own kingdom, now David wanted to take care of the house of Shmuel and fill, fulfill his promise to Yonasan by taking care of Yonasan's children. In this Parak, we will see how David located Mitzvah son of Yonasan and set him up for life. And And David said, Is there any more remaining people from the house of Shool? They say Yonasan, that I could do with him a kindness like I did to for Yonasan. A servant of Shool named Siva was located and brought to David. David inquired to Siva if Shaul had any remaining family left that David can repay with kindness, Shiva told David, Miffi son of Yonasan, who was paralyzed in his legs, was still alive and located in a place called Lo David then went and sent for Mifi Boshes, who was in Lo Davar. The Gemara and Shabbos Nunvav Amr Aleph brings. What does it mean? To a pl- he was located in a place of Lo Davar. Lo meaning not a word. Siva was actually lying to David and putting Miphibosheth down by saying Miphibosheth doesn't really know anything. Hence the word Davar can't speak. What can he speak? Words of Torah, which was actually not true because Boshes was a tremendous Torah scholar. Here we see that Siva actually wanted to take the entire estate of King Shaul for himself. Upon arriving, Miphibosheth prostrated himself to David. David related, do not fear because I'm going to do kindness with you for the sake of your father, Yonasan. And Pasuk test through your days, which is the end of the parak. King David then, to- then returned the entire state of King Shaul to mephibosheth King David ordered Tseva to take care of the estate for Miphiboshes. The Kliakar points out David was concerned Shiva would not be loyal to mephibosheth as Tseva was loyal to King Saul, therefore King David made the positions perfectly clear that Siva was to continue working as an attendant. Since since Siva was a Gentile, he was considered part of the royal estate and belonged to Mitziboshes. David related Mitziboshes will always eat from the royal table of King David, and Siva's family will not. This was an effort to put Siva back in his place. Mephibosheth had one son named Nihah. Mephibosheth lived in Yushalayim. Mephibosheth from then on was supported by King David. And that's the end of the parak. In this parak, we see a great lesson on keeping your word. As David kept his word many years later to Jonathan, David's closest friend, by doing good to Mephibosheth. So, too, we need to keep our word in all the different relationships and aspects of our own life. Thank you very much for listening. And have a wonderful day. Shmuel Bey's Perik This part discusses how King Chanun embarrassed David's men and the battle that followed. After the King Nachash of Amnon died, his son King Chanun ruled next. David now wanted to repay Chanun in return for the chesed that King Nachash did for David as it says in Pasadvais, a Ben Nachash, Kasher Ash Avi Imadi has Chesed. And David said, I'm going to do a chesed with Hanun, the son of Nachash, who did a chesed for me. What was the Chesed that King Nachash did for David? It explains in the Midrash, Tanchuma, Parsha Hayira. When David was fleeing from King Shoel, David had left his family for safety by King of Moab. The king of Moab had betrayed David and murdered his whole family. However, at that time, David had one brother named Elihu, who escaped for his life and, fl- and fled to King Nahash. King of Moab then asked King Nashak if Elihu was there. King Nahash then lied to the king of Moab and said no, thereby protecting Elihu, David's only surviving brother's life. The Novi continues. David sent messengers to the emissaries of King Hanun relating he wanted to repay Hanun. King Hanun's emissaries were skeptical of David's messengers. King Hanun's ranking officials told King Hanun, Do you actually think King David wanted to console you over the mourning of your father? No! David wanted to spy your land! King Hanun responded in an odd way. King Hanun shaved off. Half of each one of King David's messengers' beards and then cut off half their clothing. The doc explains King Hanan was unsure who to believe the sincerity of the messengers or his own ranking officials. Therefore, instead of executing David's messengers, he embarrassed them in a way that would take months for the other half of their beards to grow back. King David then told his messengers. To wait in Yericho until their beards grow back. This way they won't be embarrassed. The B'nai Amnon, Ammon understood they disgraced David's men and then prepared for battle. They actually hired men from Aram, King Macha, and Ishtol. Thirty-three thousand men in all were hired to fight against David. Yoab saw the massive encroaching armies from both sides. Yoab then split his army into two, and gave the other half to his brother Avishai to command. Yoav told Avishai, if one side needs help, the other side will join in. As it says in possible Beis, Yoav said to his brother Avishai, Chazak Ben Nishazak. Be strong and let us both be strong. amenu, for the sake of our people, and for the sake of Hashem's city, v'Hashem Ya." and Hashem will do what is good in his eyes. We need to strengthen ourselves. Yoav and Avishai went to battle against Amon. Ammon fled from Joab. Amon, excuse me, Aram, then fled from Yoav, and Amon then fled from Avishai. Hadarezer then saw what was happening and joined the war against David. David, David then personally went out to fight 40,000 men were killed by the hand of the Yisrael army as they defeated their enemies. And Pasad Yud Tesh, which is the end of the parrot, when all the kings saw they were defeated by Yisrael, they became subservient to Yisrael. And that's the end of the parrot. I'd like to add, the Gemara and Brachos, Lama, Beis, Lama, Beis, Lama Beis, on our pasuk that we said in, Yud, on, in Pasad Yud Beis, that says, Chazak, and ba Chazak Ba'arimanu. Be strong and let us both strengthen ourselves. The Gemara says on this, the, the rabbis learned that four things need chizuk, constant encouragement. Rashi says on that Gemara, She is vahem tamid that a person needs to put all their energy and strength constantly into strengthening themselves in these four areas. The four areas that need strength are Torah, good deeds, tafila, and work. How much do each and every single one of us need chizot and encouragement in our lives? Constantly, as General Yoav gave encouragement to Yisrael and Avishai before going to battle, so too we need to constantly motivate ourselves and strengthen ourselves as we face each challenge and battle of every day. Even if we feel like throwing the towel in any one of these areas, we must never, ever give up. Even if we feel we may have given up, at least we still have a desire to be better than we are. At least we still want to do good and be good. It's never too late to come close to Hashem, no matter where you are. In the words of Yoav, Chazak, Denis, Chazak. Be strong, and let us both be strong. Thank you very much for listening, and have a wonderful day. Shmuel bays Perik Yid Before we start this perik, the story of David and Bat Sheva, it's among the most sensitive stories in Tanakh. It is really beyond the scope of this year, to delve into all the fine details. These Prakim need to be looked at through the eyes of Chazal, and many details need to be clarified at greater length. The Svarim of Navi are open for all who would like to delve deeper. The Gemara and Shabbos, Nun Bov, Amar Aleph says, Kola Omer David Eno Eino Whoever said Dovid did a sin with Batsheva is making a mistake. The Das Ephraim explains, this event took place at a time when David was at peace with all his enemies. It was a glorious time for Qay Yisrael. David was thinking about who will take over the kingdom after he dies to build the base Hamikdash. The Gemara and Sanhedrin, Kuf Zayin, Ahmed Aleph, Bathsheba was sitting and waiting for David since the six days of creation. David had seen with Ruach HaKodesh divine insight that his son Shlomo will be born from Bathsheba. We know Shlomo HaMelech was one of the greatest rulers Yisrael ever had. Therefore, in some deep way, David had thought it necessary to be with Bathsheba. However, it seems David should have waited for the allotted time to be with Bathsheba. The Gemara and Sanhedrin of Zion Learns, learns from here. A person should not bring himself to be tested, as David asked Hashem, "Why do we not say okay, David, the God of David?" David then asked to be tested. Thereby, David felt he would be raised to a higher level after defeating and conquering the test. The Sefer Shari Tzadik explains. Sometimes the tzaddik will go all the way down into the depths of the klippos, impurity, in, in order to make some sort of tikkun, rectification, to come out even greater. The shari tzaddik continues, here, David was delving into the depths, the Amke klippos, in order to come out greater and attain one of the highest levels achieved by mankind and passive-based. It was in the evening time, and David got up from his bed, and he walked to his own roof, and he saw a woman bathing, as he was looking down from his roof, he saw a woman bathing on a lower roof, and the woman was astoundingly beautiful, David inquired as to who's the woman, David was told. It was Bathsheba, the, hus- the wife of Uriah Hachiti. David sent messengers to have to have her. David had relations with her. Bathsheba returned home. Bathsheba was to- ba Sheva told David she had conceived. David sent a message to Yoab to send Uriah home from the battlefield. Uriah told David the war and the state of men at battle. David told Uriah to spend the night at home with his wife, Bathsheba. David fed Uriah a feast. Uriah cannot not listen to David and spent the night in the palace. David inquired to Uriah as, why did you not listen? Uriah shared feeling uncomfortable and feeling unfitting to go home to be with his wife while Yisrael and the Aaron are at battle. David related to Uriah to spend another night here and will be sent back off to war Oria again did not go home. Note: Oria did not listen to the to the king's order and therefore was punishable by death. David wrote a letter to Yoav stating Oria should be killed in battle. In Pesach Tezvav, it says, the v'sefer lemor." And David wrote in the letter saying, "Havu les hazaka." Place Oria directly in front of the strong fighting, the shafte ma'akrob. Then withdraw from behind, so he'll be killed. Yoav carried out his orders, and Uriah was killed in battle. Yoav sent a messenger to David that related the news of battle. Amongst the news, the messenger was to add that Uriah was also killed in battle. The messenger delivered the message to David. David then told the messenger to tell Yoab, It's unfortunate to have casualties of war. Strengthen yourself in battle and fight with full force. And Pasakhav, Ba'sheva heard her husband was killed in battle. Ba'sheva mourned for Uriah. When the Shiva was over, David then sent for her to be brought to the palace. David married her. And Pasukhav Zion, which is the end of the parent, the Yehrahadova Eshera Assah David Hashem. And it was considered a bad thing in the eyes of Hashem what David had done. And that's the end of the parrot. Again, there are many questions here. What was David's exact sin? And why did David seem to cover up what he did? Was David allowed to kill Uriah? And how was David permitted to be with a seemingly married woman? All these questions need further explanation and get a better clarification to understand this better. It's beyond the scope of the shear to delve into all these delicate and fine points. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day. Shmuel bees perik yud bez shear a no note. Due to the length of this peric it was split into two rooms Today's shear will end in the middle of the peric and will be finished in the next year. In the previous peric we learned how David saw, with ruach HaKodesh, divine insight to be with Bathsheba. This event seemingly caused David to kill Uriah, Bathsheba's husband. As mentioned in the previous peric there are many sensitive details here that are beyond the scope of this year to delve into. This incident needs to be understood through the eyes of Chazal. In this parak, we will see how Nussan the Navi gave criticism to David for how David acted. We will see the greatness of King David as David accepts full responsibility for his own actions. The Gemara in Avodah Zarah, Dalet Amadeus explains, the truth is it was not fitting for David to be involved with this incident of Vasheva. Then why was it recorded? To teach an individual person they can do tshuva. It's amazing because were willing to allow one of its greatest leaders of all time, to be denigrated, so to speak, by recording this story in order to teach that a person should never, ever give up. A person can come close to Hashem no matter how much they feel they've messed up in their lives. The Svarim HaKadoshim explained, just like a mother will follow her child into dirty places in order that they can pull them out, so too we have our Koach Hadibor. Our faculty of speech, no matter what unclean places we may find ourselves in, we can open up our mouths and start to speak our feelings to Hashem. This is what David Amalek was constantly doing, as Tehillim is, compr- is comprised of David's conversations with Hashem, even when he was in a low place. We will now see the metaphor Nason used to tell David what he did was wrong. And Pasuk Hashem es that Hashem sent Nason the Navi to David, and Do- Nason came upon David and told him. Achas, echad abashir, echad rash. There were two men who lived in a city. One was a rich man, and one was a poor man. The rich man had many sheep. The poor man had just one little goat. The poor man took great care of his little goat, as the goat grew up with the family. The poor man attended to his goat's every need and the goat felt like a child to the poor man. One day, a traveler came to the rich man for food. The rich man didn't want to use any of his own personal sheep and cattle. The rich man took the poor man's goat, killed it, and then fed it to the traveler. David responded to Nasan and Avi saying, The rich man deserves to die, because he had no pity on the poor man. Note, the rich man represented David who took the poor man's goat, who was Bathsheba from Uriah. David had many wives and wealth, yet he set his eyes on Bathsheba and killed Uriah. Nossam then responded back to David, Atahaish, you are that man. You are like the rich man. Nossam related the word of Hashem and said, I, Hashem, appointed you king over throne. You could have had anything you wanted. Why did you kill Uriah? And now, David, the sword will be upon your house. Evil will come from your home. The Avarbanel notes, this was referenced to three of David's children who were going to die by sword, and Avshalom, David's own son, rebelling against David. Dov- David then amazingly accepts full responsibility, as it says in Pasad Yud Gimel, Vayomer David el-Nasen, Chata David said to Nassim, I sing to Hashem. Look, David did not pass the blame and tried to excuse himself. Very easily, David could have come up with excuses. Keep in mind, David was the Melech by Yisrael, King of Yisrael. David was very well respected and loved, loved by all of Yisrael. David could have very easily deflected or excused his behavior. Here we see David's greatness. As a King of Yisrael, he wasn't scared or afraid. ...to admit to his so-called mistakes. Nusen HaNavi now tells Dovid... ...because he immediately accepted... ...and confessed his sin... ...Hashem will no longer kill Dovid... ...as a punishment. Radak adds... ...Dovid will not get paid out... ...in the next world... ...for what he did... ...rather... ...Dovid will get paid out... ...in this world. And Pasuk Yedalud... ...which will be ending... ...in the middle of the Perik... ...Nusen HaNavi continued... ...that although Dovid... ...won't be killed... ...the firstborn son from Ba'shev and David, will die. Again, the next year will continue, from the middle of Pericute Bays, until the end of Pericute Bays. Notice how Nassim, Hanavi, when he gave rebuke to, to David, he gave rebuke in the form of a parable. The Svarim HaGadoshim explained, every person has inside of them, a scent of Ganadin, a reach of Ganadin. When a person gives improper rebuke, they stir up a bad smelling fragrance, that starts to be admitted. It's like bad-smelling laundry. As long as the bad smell is left alone, it's not as potent. When the bad smell gets moved, it starts to come out even stronger. Here, when Nassan Hanavi was giving rebuke to David, Nassan doesn't directly mention the sin. This is because Nassan was trying to increase the reach ganadin, the scent of Ganadin that David had inside himself, and allowing, bringing David to a higher level of tshuva. Thank you very much for listening, and have a wonderful day. Shmuel Be'ez Perik Yud B. Be. Note, due to the length of this perik, this perik was split into two shiurim. This is the second half of the perik until the end. In the beginning of the perik, we learn how Nusan Hanavi gave rebuke for the incident with Bashev and Uriah. David had fully accepted the rebuke and admitted to doing wrong in the eyes of Hashem. By admitting he was wrong, David mitigated harsh judgment that would have come upon him. However, Naseh and Anabbi still told David, one, his children will die by sword, two, David's son will rebel against him as we will learn with Absalom, and three, the firstborn baby from him and Bathsheba will die. In Pasuk Tezvav, Vayelich Naseh and and Nelson went to David's house. And the child that was born to Ba'sheva and David became ill. And David started pouring out his heart to Hashem for the baby. And he fasted and he sat and laid on the floor. And Puzzle Gizayin threw Puzzle Cuff Gimel. David's servants tried to raise him up, but David refused. On the seventh day, the baby died. David's servants quarreled with each other on whether or not to tell David. Their rationale was, if David wouldn't listen to us when the baby was alive, then how will he receive the news when the baby's dead? David saw his servants whispering to each other. David inquired if the baby is still alive. The servants told David, the baby has died. Upon hearing the news, David immediately got up from the floor, changed his clothing, and ate. David explained to his servants the reason he is no longer fasting and dominating is because while the baby was alive, there was still hope through prayer and tshuva, Hashem would cure, heal the baby. But now the child has died, and it's over. The Gemara and Brachos, Yud Ahmed Aleph, explains, even if a sword is resting on a person's neck, a person should never give up on Hashem's kindness. Here we see David was pouring out his heart to Hashem, even though Nassen had told him, David, explicitly that his child will die. David never, ever gave up. So, too, each and every single one of us should never give up. No matter how dire the situation may seem, we can keep trusting in Hashem's goodness and kindness. And Pasuk of the David BaSheva Ishto, and David consoled his wife BaSheva the tailor Ben the Shmo Shlomo v'Hashem Ahave Ahavo. And then another child was born to David and BaSheva, and the son's name was Shlomo, as Hashem had loved him. And Nasin Hanavi called Shlomo another name, Yedidya. The Ozer HaMizrashim explains Shlomo had six names: Yedidya, Shlomo. Kohelis, Isiel, Agor, and Lemuel. Shlomo meaning peace. When Shlomo was king, the entire physical and spiritual, spiritual world were at peace. The Medrash Tehillim explains why did Nusin Hanavi call Shlomo Yedidya? Yedidya meaning beloved Tahashem. Because the one who was to build the base of Migdash was Yedid, beloved Yah, Tahashem. And Pasach through Lamed Aleph, which is the end of the Perak, Yoav went to war against the Bnei Amon and captured the royal city. Yoav told David to come quickly and finish the final capturing of the royal city. This, this way, David will get credit for the capture and not Yoav. David finished off the war. David took the Bnei Amnon's king, king's crown, and war for himself. David and his men returned home to Jerusalem, and that's the end of the Perak. We see an amazing thing here, and in a Tova, good advice in this parrot. when David was crying over his baby and praying to Hashem, the second he heard that his child died, he immediately got up and resumed his life. The Svar HaKadoshim explained, However, Ayin, the past is over. It doesn't exist anymore. It's over, and each and every single one of us are not limited to our past we can go way beyond and above. So many times we think about our past and negative previous experiences and it brings us down. We need to have firm resolve, put it behind us and start afresh and have a new beginning. In law, we only have today. From this second onward, we can always start afresh and new. If we have to start, even if we have to start over a hundred times a day and pick ourselves up, Gazeth from this second on, just like David, immediately put the death of his child behind him and started from anew from this moment onwards. Thank you very much for listening, and have a wonderful day. Bay's Perik Yud-Gimbal. This Perik discusses how Amnon violated Tamar and how Absalom killed Amnon. Before we start the story of Amnon and Tamar, it's important to mention there are many details here that need to be understood through the eyes of Chazal. It's beyond the scope of the shiur to delve into the many aspects and subtleties that really need to be explained upon further. Everything mentioned in this paragraph is meant with sensitivity to our listeners, and most important, Chazal. That our from points out, the truth is, it's fitting not to discuss and talk about such despicable acts. However, these words of the Navi, like all the words of the Navi, are the word of Hashem. The Navi discusses this story as a lesson for honorable and prominent people not to be involved with scandalous activities. In the previous parak, we discussed how Nassan HaNavi told David three punishments will come about. We saw David lose a child, now we will see Tamar being violated and Absalom. Kill Amnon. The Abarbanel points out these punishments were mita kinege tit for tat for being for David being with Bathsheba and David killing Uriah. And pasuk alus, kain ben David achos Tamar. And after these events happened, Avshalom had a sister, and she was very pretty, and her name was Tamar, the Ave ben David, and the son of David whose name is Amnon, loved her. A word on the relationships between everyone in this story, David was indeed the father of all three, Tamar, Avshalon, and Amnon. However, Avshalon and Tamar had the same mother whose name was Ma'acha. David was, had taken Ma'acha as a, a woman of war. Tamar was actually born to David before Ma'acha converted, and therefore Tamar was born non-Jewish, but converted at a later date and time. Absalom was born to Ma'akha after Macha had properly converted and was born Jewish. Amnon was born to David from a different wife. It's important to mention this because as we see, although Amnon, Tamar, and Absalom were biological siblings, the halacha considered them not related. In Pasuk Beis through Yadalid, Amnon lusted for Tamar as Tamar was a beautiful, modest woman. Yonadav, who was Amnon's cousin, helped Amnon devise a plan to be with Tamar. Amnon was to fake sick and tell his father, David, that he needed Tamar to prepare food in front of him and feed him so Amnon will feel better. Once Tamar was to come into the room, Amnon was to be with her. Amnon carried out the plan. Tamar had come to the room. The messengers were sent out. Amnon grabbed Tamar to be with her. Tamar rebuked Amnon and told Amnon not to do this shameful act and to marry her properly. Amnon refused to listen to her, and Amnon violated her. In Pasuk Tezvav it says, the Amnon And afterwards, Amnon had a tremendous hatred towards her. The hatred that he had towards his sister Tamar was greater than the love they had initially had for her amnon then sent tamar away from him tamar pleaded with amnon not to dis- not to further disgrace her but amnon again refused to listen to her their doc points out tamar was shamed and humiliated humiliated in private tamar didn't want to be further shamed in public tamar left and then put dirt on her royal clothing as she left crying Avshalom consoled his sister Tamar and told Tamar to put the event behind her. David heard about the events that transpired and was exceedingly angry. Avshalom did not speak to Amnon anymore. Avshalom hated Amnon for the act that he did to his sister Tamar. The Novi now turns its attention to how Avshalom went and killed Amnon in Pasukov Gimel, and it happened nearly two years later when Absalom was shearing a sheep. Absalom requested David to come to the sheep shearing party. David declined. Absalom then requested all the king's children come, including Amnon. David was hesitant to send Amnon, but finally consented. Absalom commanded his servants to kill Amnon when Amnon is drunk with wine. The servants then went and killed Amnon and carried out Absalom's orders. Someone initially misinformed David that Absalom killed all his children. Yonadav then properly informed David just Amnon was killed. But lookout man saw all the king's children returning to the palace and confirmed just Amnon was indeed killed. David's children cried and wept, and Lamed Zion through Lama Tess. Which is the end of the parak? Absalom ran away to Geshur for three years. Note, Geshur was the hometown of Absalom's mother, who was the former princess of Geshur. David mourned for many years over Amnon. David finally felt consoled over Amnon and longed for Absalom to return to the palace. And that's the end of the parak. And again, the details mentioned in this parak are meant with sensitivity. To our listeners and Khazal, thank you very much for listening, and have a wonderful day. Shmuel obeys Perak Yadalit. In the previous Perik, we learned how Avshalom ran away from home after killing his brother Amnon. In this Perik, we will see how Yoab, David's general, devised a plan to have Avshalom brought home. Dada, sorry from Ed, it was logical for Yoab to have Avshalom return home. As it was fitting for the king's entire family to be together. However, as we will see, Absalom returning home marked the beginning of Absalom's rebellion against David. Because even though it seemed like a logical idea, Hashem had other plans for David. In Pasad Aleph, ben ki and Yoab knew that the heart of the king was with Absalom. vayikach misham isha And Yoav went to a place called Takua, and he went and found a very wise woman there. Yoav hired this woman to be an actress and deliver a message to David. Third points out, Yoav told her the basic idea he wanted to convey to David, but did not tell her exactly word for word what to say. Pasig Dalit, through Yudbez, the Aishis Tepeya, was to dress up as a mourner over a dead person. The woman related the following parable to David: I am a widow because my husband died. I had two sons. One son killed the other son. Now my entire extended family is putting pressure on me to hand over my one and only surviving son to be killed. That would leave me with no ancestry left. King David then promised to protect her only remaining son. The woman related to David. Dismay that if anything would happen to her remaining son, the blame would fall on the king. Something she does not want to see happen. David then affirmed his commitment to her. The Ashes Tokea now explained the moral of the parable to David. The woman related that she indeed was telling the parable, and this is the gist of what the woman said. David, why do you think so low of so? Shouldn't you bring back your son Absalom to the palace? After all, we are going to die one day. We are all going to die one day. Banishing Absalom from the palace will not bring Amnon back. Also, here there are no witnesses to testify on what Amnon did. Hashem surely will deliver the necessary punishment to whoever needs it, as it says in Pesach Tezbov. B'lo Yisraelokim nefesh v'chashav machshavos <inaudible> yidach mimenu yidach. Hashem spares no one and will never banish or cast aside any member of Yisroel. So too, each and every one of us, Hashem will never cast us aside or switch us. Hashem is always with us no matter where we are in life or no matter how much we may have done of Eros. Hashem still believes in us and will never let us go. We must never, ever give up. David then questioned the lady if Joab put her up to this. The lady replied, "Yes, King David called for Joab and retrieved Absalom from Geshur." David had asked, uh, correction, David had asked Joab to retrieve Absalom from Geshur. When Absalom returned to the palace, David did not see Absalom for two years, In Pasuk Hey, the Adkadko that Shalom there was no one as good looking as Aaf Shalom in the entire Yisro from his shoulder length down he was beautiful without any blemishes on him. That the Darsay points out that Novi describes how beautiful Aaf Shalom was because it was one of the reasons why people liked him, because he was good-looking. However, ultimately, his looks were his downfall, as he, was, as he became self-absorbed. That's what the Gemara and Sotah, Tess, Bey says, Avshalom was hoary because of his hair, and therefore, he was hung by his hair. At the end of every year, Avshalom would have his beautiful long hair cut, because Avshalom was a nazir and was only allowed to cut his hair periodically. Avshalom had three sons and a daughter named Tamar. Avshalom did not see his father for two years after returning to the palace in Yerushalayim. In Pesachov's test through Lamed Gimel, which is the end of the parish, Avshalom requested from Yoav to be brought to the king. Yoav denied Avshalom's request several times. Avshalom then ordered Yoav's fields to be burnt down. Yoav confronted Avshalom after his fields were burnt down. Avshalom related, Why did you bring me here if I can't even see my father David?" Yoab then consented and told David, Avshalom and, ki- and King Dovid reunited. Avshalom and Dovid hugged each other. And that's the end of the parik. Thank you very much for listening, and have a wonderful day. Shmuelbez Perik Tesvav. In this Peric we will see the beginning of King David's son Avshalom's rebellion. The Rabinell points out the rebellion of Absalom marked David finally getting paid out for his sin with Bathsheba and Uriah. The Gemara and Bracha, Zion Amadez, David wrote Tehillim Gimel on Absalom as it starts Mizmor leDavid beRachol patei Absalom. It's a song of David as he was running away from Absalom. The Gemara asks Mizmor, why is David singing a a song to Hashem? It should be a kina, a lamentation for the tragedy that's happening. The Gemara answers, because David was happy he was getting paid out in this world for Bathsheba and not being paid out in the next world. The Svarim HaKadoshim explained, from here we see an amazing advice advice for serving Hashem. Whenever a difficult situation comes upon you, first thank Hashem and then afterwards pour your heart out. Here, David starts with nizmor, a song, because thanking Hashem is the best way to have your enemies disappear. A person needs to constantly thank Hashem, even in the low times, and through the thanking Hashem, that will lift the person up out of their situation, and it will appear better to them. In Pasuk Shalom, And afterwards, Avshalom Af prepared for himself chariots, horses, and 50 men as an entourage before him. Absalom would regularly get up early in the morning, head to the city gates where the Sanhedrin courts were located. When anyone had a court case that was fitting for the king, Absalom would first validate their claim and second, relate that if he were the judge, he would surely judge fairly. When people would prostrate themselves to Avshalom, Avshalom would stick out his hand for people to kiss it. In Pasuk Vav, the Yiganev Avshalom eslev anshe Yisrael. And Avshalom had stole all the hearts of Yisrael. Note, some of the Mephorsham learned, Avshalom created a rebellion in order to secure his claim to the throne and make sure his brother Shlomo, were not ruled next. The dasoy from Ed, Absalom initially genuinely thought he could serve the people better than his father. However, Absalom became more corrupt and self-serving as time went on. In Pesach Zion, through Pesach Tess, Absalom requested permission from David to repay a vow he made to Hashem when Absalom was located in Geshur. King David, Gave Absalom permission to bring Corbanos in Hebron and to thank Hashem for returning him back to the palace. Absalom then sent spies throughout the entire land of Yisrael. Absalom commanded the spies, when they hear the shofar blow, they should all shout in unison, Melech Absalom be Hebron. Absalom has become king in Hebron. 200 men went with Absalom, including Achitophel, who was David's most trusted advisor. The conspiracy against David was great, as Absalom continued to rally support for himself. And pasuk Gimel, v'yavah David Lamor and a person came to David saying, The heart of every man of Yisrael is with Absalom. Note: This is very difficult to understand how most of Klal Yisrael turned against one of its greatest leaders of all time, King David gathered his men, and fled for his life from Jerusalem. David left ten concubines home in Jerusalem. Six hundred men came with David. A man named Itai Hagisi came to show support for David. David sent Itai back to Jerusalem. Itai swore he will always be loyal to David. Note, it's a dispute, Machlokas, whether or not Itai was a Jew or a Gentile. And the entire land was crying, a great cry. David then fled through Kidron Valley. David ordered Zadok the Kohen and the Levium to return the Ark of Hashem back to Yerushalayim and not to take it with them on their way as respect for the Ark. David then told the two Kohanim, Zadok and Avyazar, to take their children Achimat and Yehonasan and return back to Yerushalayim to be a spy in a covert operation for David. Tzaddik and Avyasi Yasa were to pretend to be loyal to Ashalom and send their children as runners to David with secret information. In Pesach Lamed and Lamed Aleph, David was informed that Achitophel his chief advisor, had joined Absalom. David was in a state of mourning. David Davin to Hashem, that Hashem should not let Achitofo give good advice to Absalom. And Pasuk through Pasuk, and Pasuk Lama Gimel, Pasuk Lama, through Pasuk Lama Zion, which is the end of the parak. David then traveled to look to a lookout point over Har to pray in close proximity to the future Beis HaMikdash. A man named Hushai HaArki came and pledged allegiance to King David. King David then sent Hushai to be a secret agent for David back in Yerushalayim. David told Hushai, Sodek and Aviasar are there with Absalom and are working for me, David, as well. I need you, David said, I need you to thwart the counsel of Ahitofo when he offers good advice to Absalom. Hushai Ha'arki accepted upon himself the mission. Hushai arrived in Yerushalayim right before Absalom. And that's the end of the parikh. Thank you for listening, and have a wonderful day. Shmuel Bay's parikh has Zion. This parikh discusses Shiva. Shimei gera and Absalom, laying with his father's concubines. As we learned from the previous parak, Absalom started his rebellion against his father, David. David saw it best to flee Yerushalayim for his life. Upon leaving Yerushalayim, the Novi mentions several people who came to give honor to David. Currently, we will see how Tziva, the appointed caretaker of Mephibosheth and Shimi ben Geira, took full advantage of David fleeing for his life. And David had passed beyond the summit, and Tziva, the appointed caretaker of Mephibosheth, came to greet David. But Tziva came with a pair of donkeys, 200 loaves of bread, 100 clusters of raisins, and a container of wine. Keep in mind, Tiva was directly appointed by David to be the caretaker of Mephibosheth, Mishib- son of Yonatan, Yonatan's estate. King David inquired as to why Shiva had these items. Sheba then related, he wanted to support David and brought presents he thought relevant to David. Sheba then proceeded to lie to David. Sheba told David, Mephibosheth stayed in Yerushalayim in hope that Yisroel will restore Mephibosheth back as the king. Note, Mephibosheth was the grandson of King Shaul and the rightful heir from the side of Binyamin. However, Mifiboshes was lame and unfit to be a king. David then immediately revoked Mifiboshes' estate and gave it to Tseva. Pasuk hey through your gimel, as King David came to Behorim, a man named Shimi ben Gera came hurling cur- came hurling curses and insults at David, as it says in Pasuk vav, as David, and he would throw stones at David. That's called Abde Amelach David, and all of David's servants that were traveling with him. Shimi ben Gira shouted out, Hashem is finally paying you back for the bloodshed of the house of Shoal. Hashem has now given the kingdom over to your son. The Dasa points out, Shimi ben Gira was one of the gedole door. When the heads of Yisrael, as we will learn later, Shimi approached David with a hundred men. That that story from continues based on a Zohar. At that moment, when Shimi was humiliating David, all of David's sins were forgiven. Hashem seemingly put the words directly into the mouth of Shimi Ben Gera. Avishai told David he wanted to kill Shimi Ben Gera, as Shimi was going against the king and was punished, and it was punishable by death. David responded to Avishai, "My own son Absalom wants to kill me. Who cares about Shimmy? Hopefully, Hashem will see the tears in my eyes and repay me with kindness." Tehillim Lameches is the Tehillim David wrote about the incident. Dovid says, about this incident, Dovid says there, I am like a deaf man who can't hear and like a mute who can't speak. This was in reference to the curses Shimi ben shamed Dovid with. The Svar HaKadoshim explained, a person needs to turn their dam, blood, into dome." Silence. In other words, when a person hears their own embarrassment and they feel all their blood rushing through their body, body to get back at the other person, they need to be able to silence their rushing blood, bringing it to a normal flow. The difference between dome and dom, dom and dome, is the little chiric dot on top. Here, David HaMelech made himself small, like the Chirik, the dot on top of the Dalet. And while Shimei was insulting him, David turned his dam, his blood, that was rushing into dome, into silence. And In Pasuk Tezvav, through Pasuk Chav Gimel, which is the end of the parak, all of Yisrael came to Yerushalayim with Avishai, and with Avshalom, and Ahitofel. Chushai Arki, a spy for David? pledged allegiance to Avshalom. Ahitophel, who was the former trusted advisor of David, gave Avshalom wicked advice to lay with all of David's concubines who David had left in Yerushalayim. A tent was pitched, and it was known to Israel that Avshalom carried out Ahitophel's advice. Ahitophel's advice was so valued, it was considered as if it was the word of God. And that's the end of the parrot. Rashi points out Ahitophel's advice advised Absalom to do something that would completely sever ties with David. The Yalkut Shimoni points out Achitofel actually wanted to fully incriminate Absalom because Achitofel himself seemed to want to take over the kingdom. The Radak adds Achitofel was the grandfather of Bathsheba and was infuriated about what had happened with David. Therefore, Achitophel wanted to get back at David and joined Absalom. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day. Shmuel obeys Perak Zion. In the previous parakum, we have learned how King David was a fugitive for his life from his son Absalom. We learned how Absalom publicly disgraced his father by lying with King David's concubines. This was all an attempt for Absalom to take over the kingdom. Keep in mind, as we've noted, in a deeper sense, Hashem had orchestrated these seemingly tragic events to take place to cleanse David of his sin with Bathsheba. In this parrot we will see how Hashem continued to orchestrate these event, the events. Absalom will choose to listen to the advice of Hushai Arki who was a spy for David over the seemingly more logical advice of Ach Akitophel and Pasak Aleph. But Yom Akitophel Abshalom Akitophel said to Avshalom, Ev choron ashaim usar elev ish, the kuma there derfa achare David Halilah. Akitophel told Avshalo, gather together twelve thousand men, and then get up and we'll ch and I'll chase after David in the nighttime. Achitophel continued to explain, I will kill King David when he is exhausted. David's men will be terrified and flee immediately. Then I will return back to you and the nation will be behind you, Ashalom. The Abarbanel explains, Achitofel did not want to endanger Avshalom's life by Ashalom going out to battle. Also Achitophel felt Avshalom wouldn't actually command his men to kill his father David. Therefore, Achitophel wanted to do the mission without Absalom present. Note, essentially Achitophel's plan was to take a relatively small amount of men to quickly go in and kill David in a stealth manner. Achitophel's plan seemed good in the eyes of Absalom and the elders. And Pasuk hey, Absalom then called to Hushai Arki. And Avshalom then reiterated Achitophel's plan and asked Hushai for what he thought. Keep in mind, as we mentioned, Hushai was a spy for David in a covert operation whose sole purpose was to thwart the good advice of Achitophel. And Pasuk Zion, Vayomer Hushai el Hushai said to Avshalom, Lo tova yo The advice that is giving you is not good. Hushai related that is a skilled warrior and is probably hiding in a different location than the rest of his troops. By bringing a small amount of troops, if one's heart weakens, it will affect and lower the morale of the rest of the soldiers and David will win. Hushai proposed a new plan. Absalom should gather a tremendous army of all of Yisrael. This way, no matter where David was hiding, David will certainly be found and then killed. As a large army wouldn't even leave one pebble unturned, Hushai also recommended Absalom lead in battle to give strength to his army. Note, Hushai's real intentions were to buy David time, and by Absalom going to battle, the possibility for Absalom to be captured and killed remained, which is ultimately what had happened. Absalom and the men of Yisro and the men of Yisrael pronounced Hushai Ar-Ki's plan is better than Achitophel's. The Navi now explicitly states this was Hashem working behind the scenes to bring negative consequences upon Avshalom. As it says in Pesach Yedalad, Hashem tziva l'hafer es etzuz hachitova hatova. For Hashem had ordained to nullify the good advice of hachitova. In order to bring calamity upon Avshalom. In Pesach Yedalad, Hushchai now went and told Sadaq and Avyasar, the Kohanim who were also spies for David, to send a message to their children, Yonasan and Achimatz, through a maidservant. Yonasan and Achimatz were to tell the events that just transpired to David. They were to act as runners. Yonasan and Achimatz were spotted and was told to Ashalom. The two men quickly went to the house of a man in Bahurayim. The man's wife hid Yonasan and Achimatz in a well, and covered the well with a curtain, so nothing could be suspected, this woman then diverted Ashalom's ah servants, the Medjah Shmuel explains, who was this man's house, it was none other than Shimi ben Gera who cursed David, however, Shimi's wife did not have negative sentiments towards David, and protected David's men under her husband's nose the Medjah Shmuel continues that Mordechai and Esther merited to have a niece to save the Jewish people in the time of Purim, due to the wife of Shimi Ben-Gera, as Mordechai and Esther were descendants directly from Shimi Ben-Gera. The news reached David, David crossed the Yardane River, hungry and tired. And Pasuk Gimel, Ahitofel, after not being listened to, went home and committed suicide. The Gemara in Sanhedrin, Tzad Ahmed Aleph, lists Ahitofah as one of the four people who do not have a share in the world to come. In Pazah Chavdalet, through Chavtes, which is the end of the parak. Avshalom gathered a large army in pursuit of King David. Avshalom crossed the Yardame looking for David. Avshalom appointed Amasa as his new general. David arrived in Machanayim. Upon arrival, the Barzillai family gave David and his men food for them to eat, because as David's men were traveling, they were exhausted, starving, and thirsty from their travels in the desert. And that's the end of the peric. Thank you very much for listening, and have a wonderful day. Shmuel Bay's Perik Yerches. In the previous Perik we learned how Avshalom, the son of David, had decided to listen to the battle plan of Hushaya Arki, a spy for King David. The plan was essentially to gather a large army from all of Israel to find David and kill him. In this paragraph we will see how King David prepared for battle and the death of Absalom, which obviously put an end to King David's own son rebelling against his father. During this time period, David composed chapter 20 in Tehillim, where it says, that some come with chariots, and some with their horses, but we we call out the name of Hashem. We see how David was directly connected to Hashem, the source of all life, and constantly trying to reach a higher plane. Even in the worst situation, where David was in face where David was facing his very own son who tried to take over the kingdom, because David knew nothing was separate from Hashem. To prepare for a battle, David then counted how many people were with him. David created a hierarchy within his army. David then split the army into three a third under Yoav, a third under Avishai, and a third under Itai Etai Hagiti. David told the people he was planning on joining them in battle. David's men convinced David not to join the battle and preferred David help them from the city. There Radak points out, even though David would have been equivalent to 10,000 warriors on the battlefield, David's men wanted David to return to the city and David and pray for them because they understood in the spiritual world, the main battle takes place through the world of Tefillah. Each and every one of us have the ability to fight our our wars through the sweet words of our personal prayers to the source of all life, Hashem and Pasakhe, Ba Yitava Melekas Yoveshai, the S Itai Lamor, the king commanded Yoava Vishine Itai saying Laat Lilinar Am Shalom, the Kola Am Shomu Bitzavosamelah for the sea. For my sake, be gentle with the boy Absalom. In other words, don't kill my son Absalom. The Bag explains the reason why David commanded that Absalom not be killed is because David understood he was just being paid out, punished for David's sins with Bathsheba. Therefore, David viewed Absalom as just the vessel or the pawn that Hashem used to carry out the punishment. The dasoi from Eds. it wasn't only that David had mercy on his child like a father does, but rather, as the king of Yisroel, it was understood that Avshalom was a rebellion, was solely from Hashem, and Shalom was just a messenger. That's why it says in the passage, that the king commanded to show David was acting in the role of a king, not just a father. The war ensued in the forest of Ephraim. David had defeated Absalom's army. There was 20,000 casualties from Absalom's army. The battle spread throughout the entire land. More people died in the forest than by sword. The Targum points out wild animals actually came from the forest and attacked Absalom's men. The Radat adds, people were injured badly by the far- from the forest itself. The Novi now turns its attention to the death of Absalom and the delivering of the news to King Dovid. Absalom was riding a donkey. Absalom's long hair got entangled in the thicket of a large tree. The donkey ran out from underneath Absalom and left Absalom dangling by his hair in midair. As the Pussek says, Pussek tests, and his hair got tangled in the thicket. And Absalom was Suspended between heavens and earth, the aparadasher talked of Avar and the mule, the donkey that was underneath Avshalom ran away from underneath him. A man saw Avshalom dangling and told General Yoav. Yoav inquired as to why the man didn't kill Avshalom. The man related back to, Af, back to Yoav in a harsh manner that for no money in the world would he disobey King David's order. And Pasuk Yedale through Yudayan, Yoah then proceeded to kill Absalom. Absalom was beaten and killed. His body was thrown into the forest with a mound of rocks that were piled on top of it. Yoah blew the shofar and the war was over. Parenthetically, the Navi adds, Absalom built a monument for himself to be buried in because he felt he had no children fitting for the kingship after him. Absalom called the monument and passed Yad Absalom. The monument of Asholom, and test through days, which is the end of the parish. Achimatz, son of Tzadok the Kohen, wanted to deliver the news to King David. Yoav tried to dissuade Achimatz. Achimatz insisted. Yoav sent a Cushite man to deliver the news instead. Achimatz decided to tell David, despite Yoav's advice. Achimatz ran faster than the Cushite man. Achimatz was recognized from the king's lookout tower, Ahimats related the news of the war, but not the death of Absalom to King Dovid. The Cushite man arrived shortly after. Dovid inquired about his son Absalom. The Cushite man delivered the news about the death of Absalom. The Gemara in Sanhedrin, Kufgimel Amade, Kuf Amade, Amadez, lists Absalom as one of the people who lost their portion in the world to come. And that's the end of the Perik. Thank you very much for listening. And have a day. Shmuel Be'ez Perik Yates. In the previous Perik, we ended with the news of the death of Absalom to King David. This Perik starts with King David's reaction to the news. The from points out Absalom was the second child of David to die because of David's sin with Bathsheba. The first child was Amnon who Absalom actually had murdered in an earlier parak. The Dachshalom continues to explain that indeed both Ashon and Amnon were deserving of death for their own misdeeds. However, David had possibly felt the reason why Hashem didn't open the doors of Tshuva for his children was because of David's own sins. Therefore, again, we see how King David's internal world was completely focused on his vibrant relationship with Hashem, despite what the events seemed on like in the outer world. This should be great encouragement for us. Despite what our internal world our external world may look like, we have the ability to maintain internal calm and connection with the master of the world, Hashem. And Pasph, the Yirgaz Hamelech, the king trembled, the Yal al-ias Hashar, and he went up to his upper chamber, the Yivach, and he wept, Muhoammar Billahto, and this is what he said as he was going up, going up, Beni Afshalom, my son Af Shalom, Beni. Beni Ashalom, my son, my son Ashalom, me ye ten mosi, ani takht of Ashalom, Beni Beni. If I only would have died in your place, my son, my son. The Gemara and Sota, Bez, David said, Beni, my son, eight times, seven times to raise Ashalom up from Gehenna, and the eighth time to put Ashalom into Ganadin. The winning of the war was overshadowed by King David's mourning over the death of Absalom. The loss was felt by all of Yisrael. And Pasuk Vav through test. Yoav then came to David and gave him harsh rebuke for mourning so deeply in front of Yisrael. Yoav related three points. One, David's men put their lives at risk to fight for him. Two, King David should be happy. Hashem saved David from his own children who were disloyal. Three, Ashalom publicly violated David's concubines, and by mourning for Ashalom he's humiliating the concubines. King David accepted Yoav's words and got up from mourning. King David sat at the gates, and it was known to all of Israel that King David had stopped mourning. And Pastor Yod and Yadalif, there was quarreling amongst, amongst the people who supported Avshalom about bringing King David back as the king. The Novi now turns its attention to how King David reinstated his power as the king of Yisrael in the aftermath of Absalom's rebellion. And pasuk Yud through Tesvov, King David sent a message to Tzadak and Avyasar, the two Kohanim, to tell the elders of Yehuda that David will be returning back to Jerusalem. David appointed Amasa as his new general instead of Joab. Amasa, Amasa was the head of the rebellion for Absalom. The Radak points out, Yoav was demoted as general because he killed Afshalom. The Rabag adds, by appointing Amasa, David was showing the nation he does not plan to take retribution on the supporters of Afshalom. Rather, he wants peace. Upon David reaching the Yardane River to enter back into Eretz David was met by the elders of Yehuda. Shimi ben Gera, who initially cursed David, came with a thousand men to apologize to King David. David told Avishai to spare Shimei's life. The Medrash Panim adds, David saw with divine insight that Mordechai HaTzadik was going to come from Shimei and therefore spared his life. And Pasukopi through Lamed Aleph, Mishibo, Mishibosheth, son of Yehonasan, showed up with tattered clothing and a long beard because he had not shaved or bathed since David was exiled. Miphiboshes explained he was planning on showing support for David when David was leaving Eretz Yisroh, but Siva, his servant, had tricked him and left Miphiboshes behind. Siva denied the claim. David was uncertain whether or not to believe Miphiboshes or Siva. David took the Miphiboshes estate and split it between Siva and Miphiboshes. Lamed through threw Aleph, Barzili was 80 years old very wealthy and had supported David and his men while in Machanayan. Barzillai came to see David off David offered Barzillai to come to Jerusalem with him Barzillai declined the offer and he, as he was an old man instead Barzillai gave a servant named Kimham to David King David entered back into Eretz Yisrael and Membez through Memdavid which is the end of the parrot, Yehuda argued with the rest of Yisrael about who was a greater supporter of David. Yehuda's words were harsher than the rest of Yisrael. And that's the end of the Perek. Thank you very much for listening, and have a wonderful day. Shmuel Be'ez Perek Chaf this parakel discusses the immediate rebellion of Shevan ben Bichri against King David. In the previous parakel, we learned about the death of Absalom, which marked the end of his rebellion against the throne of his father, King David. The parakel ended with the tribes of Yisro arguing with the tribe of Yehuda, who King David felt more loyal to. The Daeshawifim points out the quarreling amongst the tribes set the stage for the rebellion of Sheven ben Bichri in this parakel. There was a man who was a lawless man whose name was Sheba Ben-Bichri from the tribe of Ben-Yamin. We have no portion in the lot of David and we certainly don't have inheritance from the son of Yishai. Yish. Every man, go back to their tents. The Gemara in Sanhedrin, Kuf Aleph, Amadez, says, Nava, Hu Micha, Hu Sheva ben Bechri. Nava, Micha, and Sheva ben Bechri were all the same person, just with different names. The Dasayifam points out Sheva ben Bechri was ultimately denying Hashem and the legitimacy of the prophecy of Shmua Anavi, who anointed David. The men of Yisrael decided to join Sheva Ben-Bichri while Yehuda stayed loyal to King David. Upon returning to Jerusalem, David had put aside his ten concubines who Absalom had violated. David created a separate home for them and supported the concubines for the rest of their life. But he no longer lied with them. King David now appointed Amasa, the new general, to muster up the men of Yehuda and to take care of the rebellion of Sheva ben Bechri. Amasa was to report back to David in three days. Amasa delayed in gathering the men of Yehuda. King David then told Avishai to chase down Sheva ben Bechri. David understood the rebellion of Sheva ben Bechri has potential to do more damage than the rebellion of Absalom, and therefore did not wait for Amasa to return and appointed Avishai immediately. Yoam took a group of expert marksmen to find Sheva Ben-Bichri before Sheva reaches a fortified city. We will now see how Yoav assassinated Amasa. Amasa had started to approach Yoav. Yoav was wearing his sword in a visible place on his thigh. As Yoav Yoav leaned forward, Yoav's sword slipped into his hand. Amasa was not concerned with Yoav's sword and Paset Tesh. And yoav, yoav said to Amasa, "Hasshalom, ati, is everything okay, brother?" The tachas yadimini, Yoav, the zaken Amasa l'nashiklo. and Yoav grabbed Amasa's beard with his right hand in order to give him a kiss. Yoav took the sword in his left hand and killed Amasa with one stab. Amasa's innards fell to the ground. Yoav and Avishai continued to pursue Sheva ben Bichri. However, the atrocious and gruesome sight of Amasa's body was left on the road. The men did not want to follow Yoab and Avishai and continue pursuing Sheva with them. Because of the sight, the body of Amasa was then removed from the scene and the search for Sheva continued. The fortified city, Sheva ben Bikri was located. The fortified city that Sheva ben Bikri was located in, and they started to break down the wall to get Sheva ben Bikri. And Pasuk Tezayin, Isha Chachama Minair, a very wise woman, called from the city Shimu Shimu, Imri Nile Yoav, Karav Odhi Listen, listen, tell Yoav to come here so I can speak with him. The Mejer in Koheles explains this woman was none other than. Serach Bas Asher, Sarah, the daughter of Asher, she was blessed with an exceptionally long life, 684 years old. The woman related to Yoav, why did your men not ask for the person to be handed over before you go ahead and destroy an entire city of Yisroel? We are Hashem's people. It would be inappropriate for you just to kill us all. Yoav related, they were looking for Sheva ben Bichri, who was rebelling against the king. The woman then promised she will throw the head of Sheva ben Bichri over the wall. Therefore, Yoav wouldn't harm anyone in the city. And Pasachabez Bez, V'tavo Ishael, Haisha, and the woman came to the people that she was in with in her town with wisdom. And she cut off the head of Sheva Ben Bechari, and she threw it over the wall to Yoav. Note, the Rambam, in Hilchus Yisodei HaTorah, based on this incident, learns that if someone in a town is deserving of death, is chayiv Misa... If a Gentile would say to that town, hand over and specify a specific person, or we will kill the entire town, then one is allowed to hand over that specific person, as was in the case of Sheva ben Bechri. Joab then blew the chauffeur the war... And the war was o- over. Yoav returned to King David in Jerusalem. And Passochav Gimel, through Chavav, which is the end of the parak, King, King David's court is now listed. General of army was Yoav. Head of the archers and slingers, Ben yahu ben Yoyada. Yada. The taxes, Adrom, the chronicler, Yehoshaphat ben Achilud, the scribe, Shva, Kohanim, were Avyasar, and Ira. And that's the end of the peric. Thank you very much for listening, and have a wonderful day. Shmuel Beis Peric of Alis. Before we start this peric, it's important to mention, many Muforsham learn this peric of Shmuel Bay's is not in chronological order from the rest of the Sefer. However, the Abarbanel learns, indeed, this peric is in chronological order, and the event of the famine that took place after the rebellion and subsequent death of Sheva ben Bechri. And pasuk aluf, by David There was a fa- there was a famine in the times of David for three years, Shana Acheri Shana, year after year. The David Hashem. And then David decided to ask Hashem, Why is there the famine? The Why did it take three years of famine for David to ask Hashem? The first year, David thought maybe there, maybe idol worship, maybe there was idol worship amongst Yisro. David searched the land, and there was none. The second year, David thought maybe people are committing adultery. David searched and didn't find any. The third year, David suspected people weren't properly giving sedaka. David searched, and it seemed that they were. David had then come to a conclusion ain hadavat aloi elobi. The only matter, the reason why it is, is because of me that he was personally responsible and a cause for the famine. In a deeper sense, the Gemara in Titus says, "Kol ha'olam kulo Beni." The entire world gets sustenance because of the tzaddik, Rabbi Chanina Bendosa. As Chanina Bendosa was one of the leading tzaddikim of the generation, the whole world received its food because of Chanina Bendosa. Here, too, David was the tzaddik hador, the leading tzadik of the generation, and therefore David had understood, The whole reason why the famine is happening is because of me and my actions. Therefore, as the tzadik hador, David took personal responsibility for the famine. Hashem told David, there are two reasons why the famine is happening. One, because you did not properly mourn over the death of King Sha'ol, Two, King Shaul had killed the Givonim, which was considered a sin in the eyes of Hashem. Note, we learned in for Yoshua, the Givonim dressed up in sackcloth and emptied their water flax to trick Yohoshua to think they traveled from a far away land in order not to be destroyed. Yehoshua at that time made a treaty with the Givonim. After the Givonim's deception was revealed, Yohoshua kept his treaty. However, Yohoshua demoted the the Givonim to the wood choppers and water carriers of the Mishkan. Theradah points out King Shoal had wanted to undo the promise Yoshua made because Yoshua's treaty was made under false pretenses and therefore invalid. According to this, Shoal actually killed the Givonim. As the explained, King Shoal did not directly kill the Givonim but rather through killing Nov, irha the city of Kohanim, That had negatively impacted the Givonim. Passed based through tests, King David inquired from the Givonim about what can be done to rectify the sin of King Shaul. The Givonim related that they want seven descendants of King Shaul to be publicly hung to atone for King Shaul. King David consented. King David handed over two sons from Ritzpah, five sons from Michal, that she had when she was married to Adriel, the bodies of all seven men were hung and put to death at the same time. Keep in mind, a king of Yisrael has the right to act in a super-legal manner. Here, King David was utilizing his right to act in a super-legal manner by handing over the descendants of King Saul for death. The Gemara and Yavamus, Ayin Ahmed Aluf, each one of King Saul's descendants Passed in front of the Aaron, and Hashem had selected which ones will die. This incident was in accordance with the divine will. David, on his own right, would have not been able to, not been allowed to select which one of King Shaul's descendants will live or die. Passed yod through Yadalid, Ritzbah then took a towel and protected the corpses from birds and wild animals day and night. Ritzbah had done this for an entire season. David was informed about what Ritzbah had done. David then regathered the bones of King Shaul and Yehonasan along with the bodies of the seven men, as it says in Pasad Yadalid, the Eretz Ben Yamin, Betsila, the Kever Kish Aviv, and then he reburied all those bones with the bodies of King Shaul in Sela, next to. King Shaul's father. Yisrael did everything King David wanted them to do. Hashem listened to their prayers. And the famine in the land had ended. And Pasad Tesvav, through Chavbez, which is the end of the Perik, the Navi now lists four wars of King David that King David had fought and won. The first war was against the Plishtim, and they defeated the giant Yishvi that was killed. And plus of Yezayan, it says, after that war, Nishban David Odi the there After that war, the people swore to King David and told him, Don't come to war with us any longer, because we do not want the light of Yesro to be extinguished. And the second war was against the Plishtim and Gold, another giant was killed. The third war was against the Plishtim. el was killed as he was the brother of Goliath. The fourth war against the Plishtim was in Gass. There was a giant who had six fingers and six toes on each hand and foot. He was killed by Shema, the brother, the, the brother of David. And that's the end of the parrot. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day. It opens in Pusik Alis. And David spoke to Hashem and sang this song. Rashi points out King David had sung this Shira song at the end of his life when his difficulties had ended. The Matsudos learns King David actually had sang this Shira every single time he was saved by his enemies. The Medrash Soikhar Tov and the Shira Shiram Rambo brings. Anyone who sings Hashem after a nase, a miracle, happened to them, it's known that Hashem forgives all their sins, and it's as if they become a Bria Chadasha, a new creation. The, the Abarbanel explains there are four basic parts to this, shi- to this shira of David. The first section discusses how Hashem is constantly giving protection to the tzaddikim. The second section, which is Pasadal, it's which starts Mahula Eka with praise. I call out to Hashem and I'm saved from my enemies. This section highlights the amazing avenues and ways Hashem helped King David. The third section Hashem You are the, my lamp, Hashem. Hashem illuminates my darkness. This section highlights how Hashem gave David strength to overcome his enemies. The fourth section, Memzayan through Nunalif, which is the end of the parak, Chai Hashem Ubaruch Suri, Hashem lives, and Hashem is my rock, and that's the end of the parak. As we are coming closer, to the end of Shmuel Beis, we have seen the amazing events, that David had went through in his life. And Pasuk Beis here, as we have mentioned, it says, With praise, I call out Hashem, and then I'm saved from my enemies. The Moforsham point out, this Pasuk pasuk is backwards. It should first say, I am saved from my enemies, and then I call out Hashem. The Slarm HaKadoshim explains, this was King David's secret. That through thanking Hashem, he was precisely saved from his enemies. King David didn't wait to be saved. Rather, he thanked Hashem for the tzara, for the problem. Then through praising and the praising and thanking Hashem itself, was the Savior. The Slavic tradition continued to explain that this is an aspect of what the Medrash Rambo brings, kol hakarbonos betelim la'as lovo, chus mekorban toda, the only korban that will exist when Mashiach comes is the Korban Tozah, the sacrifice of thinking. As David was the Meshua Hashem, he anointed one of Hashem, he was constantly thanking Hashem for every Torah, and every problem that came upon him. The more a person thinks Hashem, the more they see Hashem, the closer they become. So through thanking Hashem and singing to Hashem, a person can lift themselves out of their seemingly difficult and painful situation and feel a taste of of Olam of Havra. King David says in Tehillim, I believe because I spoke. So as, so we see through speaking to Hashem, a person has the ability to come to a Muna, trust and faith in Hashem. There's a special power of speaking and using your words to talk to Hashem, just like you would talk to a friend. As we've mentioned many times in Tehillim, Tehillim is primarily compromised of King doubles, personal, private conversations with Hashem. How much strength do we need and to or, motivate ourselves to talk to Hashem? How many readers do we need in order to speak to Hashem on a regular basis? Each and every single one of us, with no exceptions, have the ability to come close to Hashem and to have conversations with Bain Atzmo or Bain Kono, between yourself and the master of the world, the source of all life, the only one who has the absolute ability to save us from all our problems. Hashem Yisbaruch, in the way of King David. Thank you very much for listening, and have a wonderful day. Shmuel Bez Perikhov Gimel Pasuk Alis, the Eredivrei David and these were David's last words. Rashi learns these were David's last words that were said with prophecy. Erdak points out this is a song of praise and thanks, David had sung to Hashem. The puzzle continues Noam David ben Yeshai, ben Noam al Mashiach. This was the speech of the son of Yeshai and the speech of the man who was established on high, the Nuam Yisro, the sweet singer of Yisro. Nom's Mir Yeshurun, the sweet singer of soul, the Kohelis Rabba points out there were ten tzaddikim who asked Hashem in Hilum, who asked Hashem if Tehillim can come through them. Hashem denied them and chose David to be the one to bring down Tehillim from Shemayim. Why? Because David had a sweet voice. The Swarm HaKadoshim points out that this is great advice in avoiding Hashem. Just. The As David is called, the the sweet singer of Yisrael, he was constantly singing to Hashem. Because through singing, a person has the ability to become happy. Even when you're by yourself, and no one can hear you. As the song of David ends, in Pesach Zion, I would just like to highlight what's written in Pesach Gimel. Hashem was speaking through David and had told David in Pesach Gimel, Moshe Ba'adam rule over man, and a tzaddik rules with Yeris Hashem, the fear of God. In the simple meaning, this means a tzaddik should possess fear of heaven when ruling over Yisrael, and that fear of heaven will trickle down and be taught to Yisrael. The Gemara and Taz, Zay, and Hashem says, I, He says, Hashem, Hashem says, I rule over people, but me, Mo' shall be, who rules over me? Tzadik, Shani Ghose Ghazira, That tzadik navatlah. A tzadik, because I, Hashem, make a decree and the tzadik nullifies it. We see the greatness of the tzaddik and connect it to tzadikim. The tzaddik has the ability in a sense to override Hashem. How important it is, is it for us to connect to tzadikim? The Sefer Nefe, the Sefer Chai Nefesh notes that the tzaddik only gets his power because Hashem gives it to him. However, the tzaddik is not separate from Hashem. The tzaddik himself knows that he's not separate from Hashem. The Dvar Rabba brings Malut Tzaddik Moshev What does it mean that a tzaddik who rules with the fear of God and Baruch That just like Hashem rules so due to tzaddikim rule the gemarum sochem kofiates on our says shir mizmur laminatseach zamu lumi shemen shemenatschim oisho v'sameach that hashem says praiseworthy is the person who defeats me through prayer and is happy as king david was constantly fighting with hashem through the world of the Salaam HaKadoshim continue to explain a person can in a certain sense be minatseach victorious over Hashem and win a battle against Hashem through their tseus. The Navi now lists until the end of the parrot, King David's great warriors. There are several whom are highlighted within this parrot, With Pasuchetz, Eilish Shmoif HaGiboram HaSheh David. These are the names of the warriors that were loyal and fought for David. Adino Itsani, the Medrash learns, this was Joab. However, not all of not all the learn Adino was the same person as Joab. Adino killed 800 people single-handedly in one battle. Elozer Bandodo, Elozer had killed so many people in one battle that he couldn't let go of the sword after holding it for so long. When the rest of the army had showed up, Elazar had already won the battle for them. Shama ben Age, who saved the food supply of Yisro by destroying the Philistine who came to ruin their lentil field. These three men had also personally risked their lives for David. One time when David was in the cave of Adullam, David had mentioned that he was thirsty for water from the well in Beis Lechem. On their own initiative, they risked their lives in enemy territory and got over the water. They then poured out the water and consecrated it for Hashem. The doc points out that these were the same men, as, same three men as we had just mentioned. However, it's noteworthy. Not all of them were fortunate to learn that and they learned that it was a different three men. In Paso Rosh that Avishai, the brother of Yoav, Ben Surya, he was greater than all of those three. Anduff Ben Yahu Ben Ben It was a general Ben Yahu Ben yoyada who was a man of many achievements. Niguwara and Bras, Yoscha Amadei says, "What does it mean that he was a Ben Ishchai, that he was alive? Is it that the whole world is dead? No, that even after he dies, he's still considered alive because sadikim Because after their death, they're considered alive. Beniyahu killed two Moab ranking officers. He killed a lion in a snowy pit and killed an Egyptian by using the Egyptian's own spear. The Gemara in Brachos continues on Yud Ches and learns. That these were all references to Beni greatness in Torah learning. In Pasachav Bez through Lamaches, which is the end of the parak, it's a recorded straight list of names of great warriors for David. There are 37 names listed in this parak, and that's the end of the parak. Thank you very much for listening, and have a wonderful day. Shmuel Bez Parakav Dalid. This seimperik, and with this we finish Sefer Shmuel Bays. King David said unto Hillim, Im esek shemayim shamata, v'im hinecha. If I reach, if I reach the heavens, you're there. But if I reach the pit of hell, hinecha. Hashem, you're also there. The Svarim Hakadoshim tell us, the aliyah. Every descent is for the purpose of ascent, as we have seen throughout David's entire life. David finding Hashem in the lowest place in the darkest of hours, as well as David soaring through the sky, reaching Hashem in the highest of times. We began with David's lineage under question. We've seen Nisha, I forget, David, when Shmuel Hanavi came to anoint the new king, David was mu- almost murdered and was constantly pursued by King Shaul. We've seen David dance at the moving of the Aaron and capturing of your David. We've learned about David and Bathsheba, David's own kids, Amnon and Tamar, and the rise and fall of his son, Amshalom, immediately proceeded with the rebellion of Sheba ben Bechri. As we finish the last parak and say for Shmuel Beis, we will learn David had chosen a punishment of the plague of pestilence for three days, which ultimately led to the purchasing of the property of the Beis Hamikdash. Just like King David, every Yerida a person has is ultimately Leah, we may, we may not always see the hand of Hashem behind the scenes, but as King David wrote in Tehillim, if I soar through the heavens, you are there, but if I reach the pit of hell, Hashem, you are also there. May we merit to see Hashem's full glory with the ultimate Mashiach who will illuminate our minds and hearts with the wisdom of Hashem and the Torah. As it's Aleph, as Vayosef Af, Hashem l'chores be Yisro. Hashem angered continued against Yisro. Rashi and that point out, they explain, they don't know why Hashem was angry at Yisro. The Arbanel explained, Hashem was still upset at Yisro for their wide support of the rebellion that Sheva Ben-Bikri had started. Although Sheva Ben-Bikri was killed, a judgment was still on Yisro for their support of the rebellion. Pasuk Aleph continues, but he said as David, lechmana Yehuda, and he enticed David saying, Go ahead and count Yisrael and Yehuda to take a census of them. The Matsudas and the Radak point out who incited David, none other than the Satan himself. In a deeper sense, Hashem had put these thoughts into David's head as Hashem was orchestrating a with letzarech haaliyah. King David then ordered Joab to count the people of Yehuda and Yisrael. Joab tried to persuade David not to count the nation. However, David insisted. Joab Yoav consented. Joab Yoav carried out King David's orders and traveled through the land to take a census. The entire census took nine months and twenty days. Yesra had eight hundred thousand men of war. Yehuda had five hundred thousand men of war. Note: This is a there is a large debate amongst them of fortune because the census numbers differ than the numbers listed in Sefer Devarim and Yud. David David's heart melted. I've sinned for what I have done, and now please remove this sin from your servant. The Dasyafram points out, David understood with divine insight he made a mistake by counting Yisrael. The Dasyafram continues, this was characteristic of King David to admit his sin immediately, while other people would have just rationalized and come up with excuses. The next morning, God Hanavi delivered a prophecy to King David. David was given the option to choose one out of three punishments. The options were, one, seven years of famine, Two, three months of fleeing from an enemy. Three, a plague of pestilence of dever for three days. David told God Hanavi, he's distressed and chose the plague of pestilence. David related, he'd rather be in the hands of Hashem than the mercy of other people. And Pesach Tesvav, Vayitain Hashem dever be And Hashem brought the plague of dever pestilence, upon Yisrael. Seventy thousand men died during the plague. The Malach HaMashchis, the angel in charge of destruction, was spread out through the entire land. And in particular, floor, in particular the threshing floor of a man named HaArovna Hayabusi. Note, this threshing floor was none other than Har HaMoriya, the place of the future Beis HaMikdash. David then prayed to Hashem and again took full responsibility, saying, Hashem, I sinned and I am the one who messed up. Please don't harm the sheep and the cattle. What did they do? In Pasuk Ches through Chav which is the end of the Perik, the Navi God told David to build a Mizbeach, altar for Hashem on the side of the threshing Floor. David showed up to Aravna and related he would like to purchase the land to bring Korbanos, sacrifices to Hashem to stop the plague. Aravna offered the land to King David for free. King David insisted on paying for it. The land was purchased for 50 shekels Including the cattle for sacrifices. And Pasuk Koth which is the last Pasuk in Sefer Shmuel Bayes, David built a Mizbeach for Hashem, brought it, and Hashem stopped the plague upon Yisrael. And that's the end of the peric and the end of Sefer Small Bays. As we finish another Sefer of Nach, it's fitting to raise your levels of simcha, of happiness, on a personal level. level. Sefer Small and Bays are considered one long Sefer, 55 Prakim in all. I've enjoyed learning it with all of you of Nach daily. It will be hard to leave the topic and in inion of Davra Melech as we have just begun to scratch the surface. I'm looking forward to starting Malachim Aleph with everyone, and we'll be starting in the next year. Again, I thank all the listeners, and may we merit to see David Melech Yisrael Chai Thank you for listening, and have a wonderful day.